Boundaries can be a really important thing to our physical survival. They prevent us from walking in the road as a child, all the way to stopping us from falling off a cliff as an adult driver. And they are just as important to us to protect the other aspects of ourselves on the five levels, particularly the energetic level. And since this is the philosophy of energetic wellness, we are covering boundaries from this perspective today. In this episode, we get into the two types of perspectives that find boundary setting hardest to do, how to set boundaries to receive the least amount of resistance, the wise wise to ask yourself if you fail at holding up a boundary that you have set, and more. We really go beyond the limits of what you thought boundaries were all about to help you set healthier ones, leading to you standing in your power more authentically. Recently, I heard a podcast by Adam Curry, the pod father himself, he was a pioneer of podcasting, where he was talking about the value for value model and method of exchange. And in relation to podcasting, it's where users will receive the value of the information and give back in an equal exchange for what they feel like it was valued to them. And it's important to know that he made clear that this is not a donation. A donation is more of a one-way thing, a one-way exchange. And this is something that could be done on many different levels. One we have always introduced is monetarily, which would be giving to our patron account. That's wise-wise.com slash patron, P-A-T-R-E-O-N. And we've also set up some cool perks if you decide to do that. And there you can... Give to us, subscribe from all the way from a dollar and on up per month. There's also energetically that you could exchange where that involves sharing the podcast, maybe even writing a testimonial and posting that on your social media. Or what I would love to see from from people out there is make a video testimonial if that's something that you're comfortable with, explaining how the podcast has helped you. There's nothing like seeing a family or a friend give a testimonial of a product or even a podcast that they've enjoyed where they can then relate to you and maybe be more interested than just reading text on a page. And the third is time. You may have a skill that is something that we may need in the future and we'd be open to hearing how you can help us. So if that's something that you would like to contact us on, you can email me at Aaron, A-A-R-O-N, at wise-wise.com, and I'll be sure to get back to you. So there are many different ways that you can exchange from a value-for-value perspective, and these are all vital for the survival of shows like this one that you love and appreciate. That was just something that I listened to and I loved the whole idea of the value for value method of exchange. It seemed way more comfortable than just asking for donations because that that's really not what we're looking for. We really want to engage a community of listeners to help this sort of energetic wellness perspective spread, which in my opinion is what is going to change the world. So with that, I thank you all for listening, and I hope you all enjoy this episode on boundary setting. So now, let's journey. 
Eyes Wise with Aaron and Alexander. Uncovering our authentic self through self-awareness, conscious communication, and emotional responsibility. Greetings, everybody. I am Aaron Keith, along with the great Alexander. There he is. Uh, And we've been talking about a lot of topics uh, around standing in your power, finding your authentic self. And one thing after the uh, empathy episode that we did a couple episodes ago, Alexander brought up that we haven't really covered boundaries. And I think uh, maybe a year and a half ago, we didn't one that was kind of like metaphorical and it has boundaries in the title, but it hasn't been around setting boundaries and how we may be doing it incorrectly from an energetic wellness point of view and how we can set healthy boundaries going forward if we decide that there's something we want to change and that we want to make that transition and not allow that energy into our life or, you know, kind of go through like a more of a transitional period. Yeah, and how, you know, setting boundaries is part of standing in your power. And we have discussed that in some past episodes. And, you know, we just want to help kind of get even more clear the Just Philosophy's view of how to uh, most efficiently set the boundaries and when, at what stage, and then how that benefits uh, one to stand in their power you know, while you're finding your or seeking your authentic self. And I think in society, there's probably like a a polarity uh, in how people set boundaries. There are probably a lot of people who don't know how and Mm -hmm. they may try, but it may not communicate properly and they just continue to get overrun and they just they don't know how to stop that. And then there are the people who kind of slash and burn whenever they don't like something or something comes into their awareness that they don't want, they just cut and run. And to you, Alexander, maybe talk about the both of those and and why from an energetic wellness point of view, uh, it may cause like a leaking of energy or, or something, um, a consequence that they may not want. Well, and another part of that as well is that we can help understand that for most of us, we're, we are responding in a way that we are pulled to respond. And it's shown in the human design through the will or heart center. And those such as myself that has that red or activated, we normally have to work on softening our boundaries. And then people that have that white are very forgiving type of people. But many times they can get run over many times uh, by giving people too many chances. And so they're here normally to learn to set stronger boundaries. So see, we're all kind of working on boundaries simultaneously, but yeah, in different methods and for different outcomes. And that's kind of what we want to help clear up and and help people to get off of beating themselves up and judging themselves because we do have different ways of approaching this. And so... We're going to go through some different scenarios and and see how we can more optimally, uh, you know, just even your listeners not knowing, maybe you don't know your human design uh, right off the bat. We can help you with that. But but it just gives you a visual uh, to confirm. And I know for, for me, it's certainly learning to soften my boundaries. 
And so what that taught me is learning to communicate them earlier. And I can't recall, but what, which one is yours as far as the human design goes? Do you remember? Uh, my heart center is actually non-activated. Right, right. So we are opposites in, from that position. And so we're just great examples of two people that are working on boundaries, but working on them almost from opposite extremes. And I know for me, it has been learning to soften. And would you say for you, it has been a process of learning to set them? Well, you know, it's funny because as you're, as you're um, going over this, I've kind of seen myself have a, a polarity of ways that I handle boundaries. And I think maybe this has to do with also having a filled-in mindsetter in the human design and yes. get, going back to what we discussed in the uh, empathy episode where you talked about there are different types of empathic people. And that was kind of an eye-opener for me because I, I just considered everybody kind of the same in a way, just different ranges within that. But you utilizing the human design, as you explained in that episode, there are different types. And it helped me to understand that my emotional center is wide open, but my mind center is activated. Mm -hmm. So I can actually, I don't know how, if I want to say like override some of that with my mind by having a strong in mind and, and knowing what I what I know and kind of work around that. And I, I kind of bring that in now because there are things that I can set like too strong of boundaries. You know, when I started getting into like conspiracy stuff, it, you know, a story that I've talked about a few times where I invoked my ego to eat healthier, mm -hmm. you know, that was like, oh, they don't want me to eat healthy. I'm going to eat healthy. And I had that strong boundary but I've also kind of fell into it with the heart center being non-activated I around like issues of like relationships. It is hard for me to set boundaries right. uh, in that aspect. And, and I tend to maybe have more of like rose color glasses like, oh, this person will change. Um, this person will grow and, and will be fine um, when there are messages being sent to me that, you know, this is, you know, even in my gut, like I will override my own senses of what I'm supposed to use in the human design, being a mm -hmm. generator uh, and not set boundaries, even though I probably know it's for my own good. Yes. Yes. And, you know, and so let's take this opportunity now to kind of just bring to light uh, a definition of boundaries and, from this perspective, we're going to shine the light on it in a way that boundaries are anything to where you set a healthy limit, to where you realize that anything past this limit starts to deplete you in some way. And we optimally want to set boundaries right before that depletion starts. And this is how you practice being able to work with the virtues that Jesus and many wonderful leaders have talked about to stay in love. And Jesus said, love thy neighbor. And so or in namaste, the meaning of that is the beautiful God light in me recognizes and appreciates the beautiful God light in you. And there's many different uh, words used in that, but that's the basic understanding. And that was hard for me in the beginning of my development to get past this understanding of a person's personality isn't who they are. And that began to teach me that we all learn our personality, and normally it's in some kind of resistance. 
in resistance to certain things and then in agreement with certain things. And that may or may not be in alignment with our authentic selves. So setting these proper boundaries can help us to regulate our energy, stay and live a healthy, more energetic lifestyle, and at the same time not necessarily offend those around us. Because if you set it before there's an issue, then normally you don't you don't have to deal with conflict. And many people that have issues with setting boundaries, that's what they're running from or concerned about is the conflict. So they will just go, okay, well, I'll look past it this time again, and maybe next time they'll realize it. And so, so conscious communication and setting the boundary before there's an issue uh, can resolve that conflict. But the very first step is, one, knowing their limit of where that starts to deplete. So with certain people in my life that I do love and care about, I set time limits when I go to be around them. And that may be 15 minutes, 20 minutes, 30 minutes, but there's certain people that I want to remind myself to pull away from and reassess and see if my mood is shifting, see if anxieties coming in any if anything so-called negative emotionally is starting to come in if so then it's time for me to remove myself or begin removing myself from that situation if not then I can go give it 15 more minutes but this may be an exercise that you need to do with many different people to see that you have these different degrees or levels of ability to manage their energy for different amounts of time. And this is one of the most important parts of learning uh, about ourselves and working toward that authentic self is knowing these limitations of when we start to get depleted. See, it doesn't have to be a judgment on the person because it's an energetic thing that's happening. We can give you a visual if you have the other person's information, birth information and yours, and we can show energetically visually what is happening and how we are charging each other and how we're depleting each other. But even with a, uh, a mental understanding of that, it can help us to regulate our time, which regulating time is a boundary. So I think this is uh, why the, the subjects, we keep going deeper and deeper, that something as simple as boundaries sound, it can get very complex or very in-depth depending on how much you want to use it as a tool. Now, you did say that your personality or people's personalities may not be their authentic self, and and that's probably something that may have shocked a few people because I don't recall that you've ever said that before. Uh, But I do want you to expand on that a little bit and explain, and I, I assume that you're talking about how we learn to react to what's in our environment throughout our childhood. Yes, because most of people's personality that they will even defend and sometimes get in an argument or fight over are things that they have just absorbed from their environment, from their family growing up. I remember one time (laughs) I asked one of my wonderful brothers if he knew why he drove a Ford truck or if he realized why he drove a Ford truck and that it was probably connected that our father drove a Ford truck. And then why he had an international tractor, and it just so happened that my father had an international tractor. 
and why it just so happened that he was a Republican and my father had been a Republican. And I said, do you see the patterns that the majority of things that you defend in conversations were things that you just absorbed and have never really necessarily questioned? And so that, you know, helped me to move past that personality of people because most things that people defend They've just absorbed from their environment, and they really haven't taken the time to dissect, to see it from many different points of view, to draw their pure, authentic self conclusion. And that's what a non-biased approach to information can do. And so, see, there's nothing wrong with that personality. And with the Destiny card system, you know, we help show your through your birth information we can show you your personality card and then your higher self card and for some people those two are very very different for some people they're, they're exactly the same but this can help to show us how far from true contentment because i've only ran into a handful of truly content people in my life travels and they were all following what really was very clear their their divine life path of why they were here. There was just a, a synergy about when they did what they did, how that felt. And that's what I've pursued. And I wanted to be the, an example of that as well. So the more we move toward that higher self or what we feel drawn to, this information just helps to kind of give it a map, a roadmap. And so, so the personality isn't bad, but we should question it. And see that many times, if we question parts of our personality, it's the doorway that opens to our higher self that will bring much more long-term contentment. And I think I'm a, a visual person, whereas, like, as you're talking, I visualize what you're saying. And I had this visual of, like, this this box that's kind of built by our parents and our environment as we grow up. And we kind of just accept that as who we are. And if we never peek outside the box then we may never discover who our authentic self is supposed to be. And that is one of the steps of standing in your power because you can't really stand in your power if you don't know what your power is or the definition of it or if you've never discovered that, including what you're talking about, uh, looking into the destiny cards to see kind of what the energies show that you're kind of meant to do in this life. And all of this goes as like a foundation into like setting boundaries as far as I see it. Right. Mm -hmm. Yes. And you know, and this is why I carry a lot of respect for people that study things outside of their belief system. Uh, for example, Alan Watts was a practicing Buddhist, but he was a Christian theologist. And so he taught Christianity all over the world, but he was a practicing Buddhist and he had this beautiful art of blending uh, Buddhist teachings and Jesus's teachings and showing the similarities to how they were really teaching very similar stuff. And it, it really changed uh, through my time of, of working with Alan Watts information. It, it changed the way that I approached things. So it helped me to step out of my personality. And that's a shedding that I really welcome everyone to do because when you can truly get rid of the things that you have carried that you felt were important, and then you just uh, finally accept that, no, this really isn't just worth carrying anymore. I don't, I don't care to have that strong of opinion o over that subject, and 
there's a freedom that comes in that. And uh, that is stepping more toward that authentic self. And, you know, and then sometimes we have to set boundaries, new boundaries when we're making those changes or shedding that old skin, so to say, because it's very easy to get sucked back into those repetitive habits. And so this is why time is one of the best tools when setting boundaries so that you limit the amount of time. See, when I talk about limiting, like even with some of my loved ones, my family, I want to leave them while I'm still in love with them, uh, while I'm still loving them. And sometimes if you stay too long in a conversation and it's against your view, the emotions will get involved. And then you spend the ride home saying, why did he have to say that? Why did she have to, does she have to be that way? And see, that's not a loving vibration. And you can leave, if you leave at the right time, you leave saying, you know what, they have the right to their view and I love them anyway and I'm very clear in my view. Uh, so so be aware of that, that the earlier you can set these boundaries, it's more like a less noticeable and it's more effective. And so, and you don't have to, you know, communicate verbally all of these boundaries. Many of your boundaries that strengthen uh, standing in your power are done from an internal standpoint, and it becomes a methodology, a, a discipline, because the more that you can manage subtle energy yourself without involving others, see, the more consistent they're going to be. When you start talking about change, then people start acting differently around you. But the one thing that we can always count on is people that are consistent. We can know or have a really good sense about how they're going to respond to certain things. And then we can do our adjusting around that. And I hope that comes across. It's, it is good to discuss certain boundaries because we need to set them with other people. But just come from the mindset to very first see if you can't come up with a way to set a boundary to where you don't have to include that person verbally. And that just comes through disciplining yourself and being aware of the situation and the people that are involved and then how to use time as your friend to buffer and make some of these uh, new boundaries. I wanted to take a second and give a shout out to those who may feel pressure in their life to adhere to somebody somebody else's boundaries or construct that has been built up for them and maybe have not challenged the the walls of it and just send them compassion to slowly have the the will to to poke holes in that and and take a step out and and learn who their authentic self is because I know like when I started doing that back in uh, my early 20s man it was like oh it was uh, like a a uh, ton of fresh energy just came into my life and I it was like a it was almost like Scrooge uh, and when he woke up Christmas morning and it was a whole new world, it was a right. whole new reality, whole new perspective. And the possibilities that I thought didn't exist existed because you kind of like, you know, all your, all the walls of your old construct. So you kind of live within that. But when you can break out of that, then it's limitless. Yes, it really is. And, you know, and this should be exercised quite often, you know, minimally from my perspective, the every seven years. Um, to to really go back and take assessment of, you know, what's working for you and what's not. And 
See, the main thing here is to stay away from thinking that something's wrong with you or that any comparison, because we are designed to function differently. And unfortunately, society has worked to try to make us to fit into a certain box. And we've just proven that it continues to build more and more rebellion. And we're so happy to say that, you know, consciousness is the new rebellion. And to understand ourselves and to be more effective in our communication and be more effective in our relationships. And that's what all of this is about. This is no negative. Like when we talk about boundaries, there's no there's no negativity connected to that. It's it's how to to direct and manage your life in a way to where you're getting depleted less and less and less, which means that you have more energy to give. So this isn't about putting restrictions on people just to um, have your way. This isn't that. This is managing your life in a way to keep yourself from depleting by either trying to keep up with other people or comparing yourself to others or not wanting to disappoint. That's a big one for people that, you know, struggle setting boundaries. They don't want to disappoint the other person. So that's why the technique of being um, informative ahead of time helps so much that like if you're, say, just hypothetically that you've got this friend that wants to hang out, but they always want to stay out later than you do. So maybe you put off hanging out with them, but you really want to see them. But you don't want to disappoint them by, you know, saying that you've got to go home early and calling it a night and they don't ever want it to end. You know, bring that up in the conversation in a way to when you're making the plans and you have the person that's excited, you just say something like, you know, I'm really looking forward to us getting together again. Let's set a date. And even though, you know, I'll need to wrap up by, say, 10 p.m., I can get together as early as six if you would like. So we have plenty of time together. So, see, you can direct it by making it about being together rather than what you're going to do. And sometimes that person might say, oh, but things at the club may not get going until 10 p.m. And see, there's a separation in, in what you two are looking to experience. One is looking to have an external experience at a club or a place, and you may be interested in having an intimate connection with that person. So see, that helps to set boundaries with how much time you really want to spend with that person because now you're clear in what they're looking to get out of the situation. And for me, that was easier to start making adjustments with how I spent my time was paying close attention to what is the other person looking to get out of spending time with me. That become very, very important. And so, so time management becomes one of your biggest assets in setting boundaries and standing in your power. And we all have a limited amount of that. And so this is where our episode that talks about the six priorities in life uh, really comes into play because when you really start putting all six of the priorities, which I'll see if I can uh, call them all out, the, the divine energy or that higher source, yourself, your intimate relationship, your children or siblings or parents, your career, and your social time. 
So when you take those and you break them down into order of priorities, it can help you get very clear on discernment and how to make decisions about how you're spending your time because really you're only going to be effective at three out of six of those. And so whatever your bottom three is, 90% of the time the answer needs to be no when invited to do something because if you go do something with the lower three, you're taking time away from the top three. So really, really think about that. And and this is how I work with my clients that have discerning issues. And for people that are working to learn to set better boundaries, normally discerning is an issue. So these six priorities to just list them and write them down and truly put them in an order of what comes before the other is a very good exercise that I suggest to most everyone. Yeah, and, and that is another great example of helping to define your authentic self, which which really comes down to discovering what you want out of life. And through that, you're making choices and, yes, and telling the universe, like, I want this in my experience and well, not and this. And, and that's toward what we've talked about, living a more intentional life. The part of intention is just being aware of where your time, where your energy, where your thoughts are going. That's part of managing that. And so when people talk about energy that's building or being in the flow of life, you know, once again, that's that's a deep subject. And you can get deeper and deeper in that flow. And the Just Philosophy's take on that is, you know, getting away from more and more of what you so-called want. And realizing that this life has so much to offer when we're not busy running around making plans and there's nothing wrong with that mindset, but one is a more willful approach to life and one is a more trusting approach. And here in the just philosophy, of course, uh, polarity is one of the five pillars that this, this plane or this earth is run by the law of polarity, but we don't have to choose duality. So in that polarity, you know, opposites have to exist. And so we're going to use, you know, uh, trust and willpower and hopefully work to use those equally. And our culture can be an overly willful uh, approach. And so hopefully we're bringing in a fresh new way to, to approach a lot of this just daily activities to pay attention to what your daily activities are costing you on all five of the levels the physical, the mental, the emotional, the energetic, and the spiritual. So we bring all of this stuff together so that after practicing this for a while, you can make all of these assessments like really, really quick in a matter of a second or two. And once again, this helps with discernment to decide where we want to put our time and our energy. How would you describe how important boundaries are to someone who may have an association with the word boundaries and into thinking that there's some like uh or it's related to a, a large masculine energy well i think seeing that um maybe redefining boundaries and seeing that you know a wonderful mother and let's say her two-year-old daughter that is able to scoot around and maybe walk a little bit you know, when the mother sets boundaries for that child, like to not be able to walk uh, out of the house by having a door there, 
you know, that's not a negative boundary. It's a loving boundary. Same thing with outside. You want to make sure there's a perimeter that the child can't go past to safely enjoy the freedom of being outside. So that's the approach or the visual or the mental uh, aspect of how we're approaching boundaries here. And the boundaries are majority with ourselves. Therefore, we don't have to set as many external boundaries. And that's where the friction and the issues come from, is almost always the external boundaries. But like I said, if you are able to be as responsible as one of the other five pillars is emotional accountability and responsibility, if you're able to be emotionally responsible then you wind up just setting almost all of your boundaries completely internally. And it's a loving boundary because you want to set it like you do for that child so that they don't put themselves in harm's way. And that's what I'm talking about is you set the boundary right at the point before you start to leak energy. Now, there are people who, uh, like myself, who like to help or, or give to people how important are boundaries within like our lives? Yeah, I think the another very important thing about setting boundaries is that you can always move them. But it's different when you decide to move them as opposed to being um, intimidated or um, pressured or expected to move those boundaries. So like I said with one of my brothers, that he and I see things very, very differently in this world. Uh, but I know our love is there and that we would do anything that we could for each other if needed. I just set like a 15 to 20 minute boundary, time boundary, every time I'm going to see him. Because depending on where he is in his day is to how much he releases verbally. And he does have the, th- the throat chakra in the human design, and so he is designed to be verbal. But if he is very verbal in his expression and if it has a negative tone, then I want to be able to leave in about 15 minutes without it seeming to be a big deal. So the way that I approach that many times is I'll just go, hey, brother, so good to see you. I've only got about 15 minutes, but I'd love to catch up, you know, and we get to talking. See, if his mood is in a really good place and he's like vibing and we're vibing, then, you know, 45 minutes might pass. And if he pauses and says, oh, I thought you said somewhere that you had to be, then I have the opportunity to say, oh, man, our conversation was just so beautiful that it it became more important than where I needed to be. And see, that that helps to strengthen your intimacy, your connection. But it gives you the opportunity after 15 minutes to say, oh, I'd, I'd really love to continue talking, but I need to go. And so you would be removing yourself from that situation only if it was negative. But you can do it in this way and not have to call him out that, man, I got to leave because you're being negative. That's where most people... Uh, fear or have the issue with boundaries is the confrontation part. So this is the beautiful art of being able to set the boundary and then extend it if it's so-called good. But since you set it in the beginning, before you even start the conversation, 
there's no connection to the energy that's behind it. So some people may say, well, then that person's never going to know that they're doing something so-called wrong or rude or whatever. And it's very important to see that to be the master educator, you're not always looking to teach. Educating is all about right time, right place, right person, right subject, right duration. Teaching's not necessarily about any of that. So look to inform, look to, um, to educate, look to raise that vibration. But that doesn't necessarily have to be through verbal teaching. And you will see that you'll be much more effective teaching through example than you do uh, verbiage anyway. Try it sometime. So I had I have kind of a, an experience to share that is kind of on the same wavelength as that, except I didn't know the person. So I was, I was in a store and this lady said or did something that I wanted to kind of like commend her on outside and we our cars were parked close together and I started a conversation with her, you know, thinking it would just be like a minute or two and uh, I don't like conflict and I guess that's me, you know, it's probably why my heart center is non-activated. And the three, five, the five. Yeah. Yeah. The the social aspect of that. And it seemed like she was somebody who doesn't get listened to a lot. And the fact that I was open to listening energetically, it kind of spewed out and she just kept talking and talking. And I was, you know, I had groceries in my hands that I didn't set down. I was trying to give her energetic clues that, you know, like standing on one foot or like putting things down and you know, like I was watching her eyes follow me do that, but it wasn't computing. And I kind of like started walking away, but she kept talking. And I mean, uh, twenty five minutes went by, and uh, I finally I was I just I had to go, and I was like sticking things still in the car, and she was still talking to me. I was like <laughs> going into my door, uh-huh. and she was still talking to me. <laughs> and so like I just had to be like, oh, you know, it was great talking to you, and just kind of push through. And I mean, and that is one thing that I get, I get frustrated with after with myself is, or I mean, in, 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 in retrospect, I see that it's a, it's a boundary issue for me right. and I need to, you know, yes, learn and, from that. And that can even hamper your willingness to just express, to want to express to somebody the next time you may think about that. So that's where, you know, leading it with, I don't really have time for a conversation, but I just wanted to thank you for blah, 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 blah. And that's that preventative, like setting that boundary that I don't have time for this. And therefore, you've relieved the conflict. If you do need to walk away and they keep talking, then there's no need to feel bad. But in that situation, <laughs> willingly or non-willingly, you entered a conversation with her and obviously she didn't want that to end and that's where the conflict comes in when do i cut this off so that's why the the earlier the better and then remembering that you can always extend it just like if you say i don't really have time for a conversation right now but i just wanted to thank you and then she said something that was intriguing you could always stay but you've already set that boundary so to say and and brought that in rather than waiting to try to set it, because we hope that people will get the subtle hint. But lots of people aren't looking for subtle hints. They're, they are hungry. Like you said, they're so thirsty for that connection that many times they won't take the hint. All right. I mean, that's something I'm going to have to practice 
practice with and keep reminding myself because it doesn't come naturally to introduce that before a conversation right. where I need to. And like like I was mentioning after, I can, I sometimes get frustrated with myself and you've you've said that frustration is often due to pushing time. Right. And that's exactly like in this instance, I was frustrated that, well, my I had ice cream, so that's melting, but also that 25 minutes have gone by and I only wanted to give like three. Right. So I get frustrated with myself. But what would be the most helpful, the most useful, wise, wise in that instance after? Well, afterwards, I think that you have to, uh, first of all, laugh at ourselves. And when we see that, like, that's a perfect lesson, that... First of all is to smile and say, I noticed that I got frustrated here. So obviously there's something that needs to be worked on. Uh, from my perspective, the anytime we experience a negative emotion, it's an opportunity to grow. And so right away, the, the next step is, what could I have done differently? And that was the answer is set a boundary. I didn't set a boundary. I stepped into a conversation with no boundaries. And so... The other person is never at fault from this perspective. They're just playing a role. And then you go, okay, the next time that I want to give some, a stranger a compliment, I may need to lead with, I don't have a time for a whole conversation. I'm in a bit of a rush now, but I just really wanted to thank you or tell you that I did notice blah, 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 blah. Have a beautiful day, blah, blah, blah. You know, you can always give them a business card. You can You can do things to, if you're interested in, potentially creating a connection and this all comes down to how much time you actually have so that's the other thing is is drawing from that was i clear before i engaged of really what i wanted my energy to be doing because intention goes so far and the majority of times when we do things like that it is spontaneous but it just takes a millisecond to just pause and go do i have time and then if i don't okay let me set this boundary if you do, to still set a boundary to go, okay, I just have a few minutes. So you can say, I just I just have a few minutes, blah, 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 blah. Or I don't have any time to talk, blah, 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 blah. But still giving that praise, that appreciation, because that's what I want to nurture here is don't let that so-called failure or opportunity to grow hinder that expression and Learn to do the expression in a way that doesn't have a cost. And that's what we're discussing here today. And I, and I definitely had good intentions behind it because I was like, okay, well, this person's doing something that is very hard to do and I've noticed it. So I just want to give some praise and just let them know that, that they were seen in that perspective because I think that that may be something that would um you know when somebody does something hard that's against the grain it, it feels good to be noticed and yes. i just wanted to do that because i i like to i like that to receive that sure and so i had good intentions and then i failed in my lack of boundaries and so then i got frustrated after of course after you know i i probably was like man what is this lady man she she uh, obviously doesn't get a lot of social interaction or something. You know, we, we can go external with that, but it is sure. always good to go internal with those. Yes, wise yes, wise. because those are the, you know, going to be the harder questions to answer. Um, why didn't she get those hints uh, to see that anytime people aren't getting hints, it may be a direct lesson that you need to communicate better and communication 
almost always involves boundaries, whether they're known or not. And that becomes the true art of it is you're able to set boundaries without having to ever discuss the boundaries verbally. And that becomes how we train people to treat us. And we'll say that again. We train people how to treat us. And if we want to be treated different, then we begin setting different boundaries. But setting them in conversations. You could be sitting at the table talking with your family and you don't like staying up as late as everybody else does. So you can just verbally say something like, I'm looking forward. I'm going to start a new bedtime of going to bed at nine. And then they may complain or whatever at that moment, but you don't wait till nine o'clock when you're getting ready to go to bed. This might be at six o'clock at dinner. And so you let them go through that process because you know how they're going to be. See, the key to this boundary is setting the time of when you present it so that those people can go through their process of what they do, but it's not 9 o'clock at night and you're talking to them for an hour, hour and a half, and now, see, they kept you up till 11 anyway. So, once again, the key is right time, right place, right person, right duration, right subject, and seeing where the boundary needs to be set and that many times just takes uh, being able to take a step back. Or for me, I like to say find stillness in some way, whether it's sitting in a lotus position or just going out and sitting on the back porch or going for a walk. Find that stillness of the mind so that you're able to see all the, these different variables. And I think that that's what leads us to retraining the subconscious to where these things that I'm talking about get to where they just happen and you don't have to put effort into trying to think about it or creating it. And earlier when I mentioned uh, helpers and givers, I wanted to give an example and and then have you come in with how to handle that. So let's say somebody's job, uh, like a nurse on the front lines uh, this past year, has been so overwhelming. They've had to exert so much energy working long shifts dealing with the pandemic. How could they set a boundary in that instance? When you're dealing with an emergency situation, the majority of the time, boundaries go out the window. Now, this is where different people have to make different decisions about, once again, their priorities. And for some people, they had to make the decision of, is their job more important to them than their family or the health of their family? And I know of people that made decisions both ways. So so the people that it was most excruciating to make those kinds of decisions are the ones that just haven't taken the time to be clear in what their priorities are. So frustration is, you know, yes, I, I love the definition of pushing time, but it is also not being clear enough because if you're clear, then you could discern and you can see like in that situation with that lady that kept you talking for 25 minutes, if you were going to be there for 25 minutes, you might as well enjoy it. So see, after three minutes into it, you could just chuckle and go, oh, this person needs a friend. Let me just set my stuff down here and just enjoy this. Uh, Or set a boundary and, you know, go through feeling bad about it. Whatever you need to do to make the calibration, to make the change for next time. But once you see that you're caught in it, you might as well enjoy it 
and not give off any bad vibes. But once you catch that you do, then go through those steps like uh like I just went over. Yeah. So it's, so in that instance, the the least useful thing would be just to sit there and be resistant to it and let it happen, right? Yes, yes. <laughs> I mean that's that's what my teacher Sam would call sitting on the fence. That's where you burn most the all of your energy because sitting on a fence is not comfortable. You got to pick a side, one side or another, and be willing to make that adjustment. You know, and going back to that. Those people, I want to give so much compassion to the the nurses and the the health field that has worked so hard during these times of this last year, and you know we can't give as much emphasis as we really need because that would need at least a whole episode to really dissect people that are in these kinds of situations. But what I did want to say is that when you realize that you're in an emergency situation, say at work you need extra energy from somewhere else. So once again, going down these six priorities to realize that something's got to give, either your personal time or your time with the the divine, however you celebrate that, or your family time or your social time, like, and being aware to make these types of adjustments is the boundaries that you see that extra time's getting pulled here or extra energy. So I have to communicate in these other areas that I'm not going to be as available. So that is something very logistical that needs to happen to understand that we only have 100% of our energy. And as soon as we start pouring it more into one area, we have to understand that that is coming from somewhere. So we need to communicate to the other areas that we may not be as available as normal and have those conversations often because we need the repetition, especially during like emergency type situations that this almost complete year has been. I sit here and think to myself that there's no way that I could have that type of profession. But of course, that's not part of my authentic self. But if somebody has gone through and realized that giving in that way is part of their authentic self, then they would almost be fed that way. And then if Whenever uh, it comes into their mind that when they're like getting energetically drained, they would probably remind themselves, have that reminder, uh, probably in their core, that this is what, whether, you know, however it's presented, the message is presented, this is what they're supposed to be doing, or remind themselves of, of the outcomes of all the help that they've given to other people to help keep that energy up and keep that morale up for somebody where it's not their authentic self. And maybe they got pushed into, like we were talking about that box from our environment growing up, then they may eventually come to a point where they're almost like crashed (laughs) energetically and they just can't physically do it. anymore. That is why, yes, there are some people that are designed to handle those types of situations. And like you're saying, they actually do get fed and that, that's the main point of anybody's profession, whatever you're doing day in and day out, it needs to have some kind of food for you, more than just the paycheck, just the money, or it's depleting you. If it's not feeding you, it's depleting you. And so, yes, uh, you know, I have a whole family full of teachers and uh, nurses, and I have one family that uh, has the mother was a nurse and three of the siblings was nurses. But one of those three siblings just was not really designed to to be in that kind of environment. They wanted to help people, but it was, I mean, it was deteriorating them. So, you know, they did make some adjustments and they were able to find a way to be of service to people after we talked and 
and showed some of those strengths and acknowledged some of those strengths, but showing how the certain situation working in the emergency room was just very deteriorating for them to where it would feed someone else. So uh, this really helps with compassion and just getting out of comparing people uh, is is really that's a, such a useless act. And the more that we understand about ourselves, the more we can accept about others and we can really see and embrace our differences. And they don't have to be viewed through duality. They can be viewed through polarity and accepted and uh, worked with. So in wrapping up, Alexander, let's bring back uh, standing in your power and the subject of boundaries and how important those both are, including uh, you defining and in figuring out what your authentic self is. How does all of that flow together? Okay, so, you know, the idea of standing in your power, I want to give the visual of the tree that I talk about very often and how standing in your power is like being rooted into the ground, but being able to be flexible when the storms of life comes. That means that you can bend and you know how much you can bend. Boundaries is knowing how much you can bend without breaking and that you, whatever it is, whether it's time, whether it's energy, whether it's money, whatever it is that you're expending, that you're clear in how much you can bend and then you set a boundary just before that so-called breaking point. And the breaking point is where your emotions get activated, your negative emotions get activated. And so so learning, I like to suggest to people to start with time and to see that if you learn to set time boundaries, communicate them ahead of time, like when you're making the plans, that's where the other person is excited. They're willing to deal with, most of the time when you're being invited to something, they're willing to deal with whatever the limitations are, just to get you to be part of it. Then, but if you just say, yes, I'll do it, then when you try to leave at a certain time, they're going to have the resistance many times. So when you can inform at the beginning, when you're making plans of, I'd love to do that, but I may only be able to come for an hour or two. Then they'll say, oh, that's great, blah, blah, blah. So learning to set those parameters or boundaries, the earlier the better. And to bring it up into common conversation, even when the beginning of the plans are being made, uh, it's very important. So setting boundaries is just one aspect of standing in your power, but it is a very important one. And for those of you we didn't touch much on uh, people such as myself that need to learn to soften with their boundaries, the process is similar to where the earlier that you can communicate your so-called boundary and then be willing to repeat yourself. And so people with the red heart in the human design or the will center need to not get frustrated with having to repeat because we can feel too much like we should be able to say something once and everybody's an adult and they should just get it. And that's not the way that things work. So see, we have to work on the other side of being comfortable with repeating ourselves. And so I just got very comfortable with practicing when I mention something to somebody that I'm going to need to say it at least three to five times over the next few days to get that to really sink in. So I find creative ways to do it. And once again, the art of this is is not doing it begrudgingly, but doing it artistically. And you can do it with different words. And so 
once again, we train people how to treat us. So I think this was a great, you know, just kind of introductory step into this boundaries and what's standing in your power and finding your authentic self. Um, because as we set boundaries and we are able to stand in our power more, then we're able to radiate and shine that authentic self of who we are, you know, here to exemplify. And that's what's most inspiring for others. So you can set boundaries and get your daily dose of creativity in. That's pretty cool. Yes, absolutely. (laughs) All right. That's going to do it for this episode. Stay tuned for our three minutes of stillness. Thank you. Thank you.
We appreciate your interest in self-growth, conscious communication, and continuing to ask the wise wise. And remember, gradual changes over long periods of time equals lasting results. The Just Philosophy, as discussed in this podcast, has been developed by Alexander over the last 22 years in his private practice, professional environment, and private studies. The information discussed is intended for educational purposes only. It is not meant as a replacement for conventional medicine. Just remember, knowledge plus experience equals wisdom. Seek the wise. As we continue sharing this information, there are also multiple ways to share and support this work. Gain access to our exclusive content, behind-the-scenes footage, and other products that assist you on your self-awareness journey by joining our patron team in exchange for a monetary donation by visiting wise-wise.com slash patron. That is wise-whys.com slash p-a-t-r-e-o-n. Another way of support is by sharing this podcast with receptive individuals or even leaving a review on popular platforms such as iTunes or Facebook helps us introduce this work to others through the listener's words. We are also on most major social networks, so follow us along there or even join our Facebook group community. Continue your journey by visiting Alexander's website where you are able to book private consultations in person, by phone, or even Skype. Know thyself better with human design and destiny card reports and readings, as mentioned in this podcast. View a calendar of his live performances and class schedule. Peruse his other products such as shirts, CDs, and the revolutionary VibroTune sound vibrational therapy tables that assist with subtle energy alignments. So grab that keyboard and go to thejustphilosophy.com for those goodies. That's T-H-E-J-U-S-T. P-H-I-L-O-S-O-P-H-Y dot com. And if you love the touch of a soft shirt with a message that will warm your heart in resonation, then check out my company, Verity's Apparel, where I am a one-man band doing it all from design to physically printing the garment. It's sealing it all with a conscious touch. Just go to veritiesapparel.com, V-E-R-I-T-E-E-S-A-P-P-A-R-E-L.com. Thank you all for being a part of this journey with us.